Yeah, well, my first time preaching this year. Um, you know, we've had four, four weeks of just amazing preaching. While you've perhaps been sitting on the beach getting sunburned or whatever you've been doing if you've been away, we've just had an amazing time. <laughs> so there, <laughs> it, it has been really great, you know, and we had, um, I'm going to have to try to get the sequence, Teresa, Melody, Kevin, and then Sally. No, wrong way around. Teresa, Kevin, then Melody, then Sally. There you are. I did well. But they were just amazing messages, real benchmark messages. So I'd encourage you, if you didn't get to hear any of them or miss one of them, I'd really encourage you to listen to them on our podcast or on our website because they're just such great words. And, you know, they, they do really lay a foundation for this year. And this morning, I just, you know, you know, my, usually my first or second one of the year, I just want to share a little bit about what I feel God's been saying for us for the year. So it's really just a little bit of a family chat, really, about some of the things I believe we're going to see this year. You know, short, this week, Sean Bolt, um, a prophet from our stream, published a, a word in his newsletter, and a number of people sent this to me because they felt it was so pertinent. And I, and I actually agree with that because as I read it, I, I was really felt like it was, it was almost reading my own heart. And so, some, so this morning I want to allude to some of the stuff that he has said in it. If you want to read it in its entirety, if you go into his webpage, you'll be able to check it out there. But Sean began by saying that this year, the key word for 2019 is transition. He said that transition is oftentimes not the most loved word by humanity, but it is the one we need to adopt to understand the times and the seasons we are in right now. 2019 will be a year of empowering transitions. Older leaders will transition into fathering and mothering roles as sons and daughters emerge for maturity. Pauls are rising up. Timothy and Mordecai are empowering Esther's. God brings times of transition to create transformation. There are seeds of purpose in mature Christians that have been growing into maturity. 2019 is a year of positioning, empowering, and setting into place. And when something is set right in its place, then suddenly things happen. You know, it's like picturing a, how fast a building. I don't know if you've ever noticed it. So often you see a building and they, they take a long time to lay the foundation. And, and there's some building happening near us. And, you know, I've been driving past it for months. And they don't seem to almost be doing any work. They're digging on the soil. And you see a little bit and seem to be going on forever and ever. And then all of a sudden, they get the foundations laid. And you think, oh, finally. It's taken so long. I wonder how long it's going to take the rest of the building. But within, well, it seems like days, certainly weeks, suddenly the rest of the building pops up. Why? Because the right foundation was laid and it set everything inside. And so this is what's happening, that this year is going to be a year of positioning, empowering and setting in place. He goes on. The God who has offered promises and prophecies is now coming to finish everything needed to place us in the fulfilment of those promises. So we can walk in the greater aspects of what he has destined us for. God is also bringing change for you that, you may, that will bring you into a place where you can do exactly what God has made for you. For us, change always comes with the promises of Romans 8.28. God will use everything that happens, especially change, to bring us into the best scenarios of his intention towards our lives. Remember that when you are transitioning into a new season of life, the people and situations that no longer fit will fall away. Don't despise the pruning. You aren't leading yourself or limiting to what you could... Sorry, I'll start that again. Don't despise the pruning. You aren't leading yourself or limited to what you would choose your process to be. 
God himself is co-creating your process, your life with you. The war is over. Lastly, and maybe the most powerful, it's a declaration that many of you are reading this. Many people who have faced a battle of a lifetime or ongoing warfare in their health, families and finances and jobs are going to see that come to the end in 2019. Yay, yeah. A commissioning to cross into what was promised. God has won the war and is going to deliver and to deliver the victory. Many people are going to feel their long-time battles come to an end. When wars are over and we move into times of peace, we get into birth new things in the truth of identity, mercy, and victory. We walk in the light and life Jesus has provided. We get to reset and create in the peace of his provision. Isn't that a great word? Yeah, I think so. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I I had a, a dream. In fact, I had a couple of dreams, but they were kind of related. The first one I saw... The little mailman that we have around here, you know, in their little red trucky thing, delivering mail to our letterbox. And, and he arrived and he started putting packages and letters in the letterbox. And, and it just kept seeing the go and go. And, and his little truck, although it didn't look outloaded, the more he put, it just every time he took something out for us, there was more. And it just increased and increased. And he called me over to help him. And I went over and he turned to me and he went to hand me it. And then he hesitated and he said, do you want this? Do you want this? And I said, yes. He said, make sure you use it all. And I said, yes, I want it. And I knew it was addressed. The mail was addressed to me, to to Liberty, to people at Liberty. Different people's names. Now you're all going to wonder, oh, I wonder if my name, I'm not going to tell you. (laughs) (laughs) And he said, well, that's good. And... He said, oh, you'll find out. I said, you know, what, what were they for? And he said, oh, you'll find out as you use them. And in a little way, it made no sense to me. And his little, as I said, his little mail truck just kept coming and coming. And uh, so that was it. And so I loaded it all up, and it was, just, it was just there. So I woke up, and I thought, oh, that was interesting. The next night, I think it was the next night, it was soon after, I had a second dream. And this time, it wasn't our little red trucks, but it was one of the white trucks the United States mail deliver. <coughs> I don't know if you've ever seen in the funny little truck things, that, bigger than our ones, though, I've got to admit, aren't Americans always bigger? But anyhow, they, they, there was an American mail trucker came in, came into the car park, and he backed up to the door and he started unloading. And again, as I went to help, he said, do you want it? Are you going to use it? And then he opened the back of the truck and, and mail and letters just started pouring out, pouring out and pouring out. And, and I'll stop there and I'll come back to the dream in a minute. I want to fast forward to when I sort of started pondering this over the next couple of days. And I said to the Lord, you know, Lord, what's that about? Is, is that from you? And, and what's the word? And he said to me, he said, it is from me because he said, this is going to be the year of delivery. Yeah. Going to be the year of delivery. And I don't know if you picked up in Sean's prophecy. He said, this is going to be a year of delivery. And he said, it's going to be a year of delivery for us. We're going to receive what's been ours. And I started asking, and going back now to the dream, in, in the dream at the various times there were letters and boxes and they were like, they were four-dimensional. They were, there were all sorts of weird and wonderful things going on and, and one of them I opened up and there was just a small sword that was really pretty boring to be honest. And I thought, geez, and it had my name on it. And I thought, oh, is that all I get? <laughs> yeah. Jesus can deal with me later. And so, you know, I thought, oh, okay. But I thought, no, I'm going to use it. So I picked it up. And sort of was looking, and as I looked down, there was, there was a belt and a scarboard, so I put that on for my sword. And I looked down, and there was more. And the more I took, the more came. 
And part of that, the Lord said, you know, that as you pick it up, as you take what I have for you, I'll give you more. And I really sense the thing is that, that we haven't had because we haven't taken. That the Lord's provision is there for us. But so often we wait kind of for the whole thing rather than stepping into that which has been given to us. And the second thing that, that really struck me was the fact that, that some of the letters or park packages had names on them like it was clearly for, and I'm just going to use the example, Kevin, okay? I'm going to say whether he got anything or not. But Kevin, but with his name, there were other names beside it. And it was like Kevin was pulling at the package, but he couldn't open it until someone came. As soon as he had someone with him, the package just burst open. And there were others who went to go to their packages, and they had two or three people needed for it to burst open. It didn't even, they didn't even have to have any effort. And, and I really felt the Lord saying to us, saying to me that we cannot do what he requires of us by ourselves, that it requires family, and that 2019 is going to be a year of family. So that was really where I got up to. And, you know, again, Sean's prophecy, 2019 is a year of positioning, empowering, and setting in place. And I believe that that's what we're going to see at Liberty. The Lord is showing that only when we walk and work together will we see the fullness and the completeness of who we are and what our inheritance is. And we are going to see building. And I mean, we're pretty familiar with buildings here at Liberty. <laughs> you know, we've been doing a lot of talking about buildings over the last 12 to 18 months. And, uh, you know, and, I, and I thank you in that process, you know, that you've so believed in the team and supported the team and given us great feedback, and it's great. You know, one of the important things I think we need to understand about life, and especially about spiritual growth, is it's never static. Life is about change. There are big changes and there are little changes, but there's always changes. The world involves changes. I mean, there are seasons. There's just, you know, things change. It's a fact of life. There's always transition. And as Sean mentioned, this is a year of transition. And, um, in fact, a number of people, and I, you, know, you know me, I always talk about transition because I believe of growth in the kingdom. But particularly this year, the, a number of prophetic voices have highlighted the idea of transition, of changing. And um, you know, as I said, I, I always say that there's transition and is the nature of the kingdom. If you, are where you are, if you are today where you were 12 months ago of God, you've actually gone backwards. You know, there's always growth. I mean, we see it throughout the New Testament in terms of how we grow. I mean, therefore, Hebrews 12 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a, a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Second Timothy 4, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. You see, Paul, in a way, uses these, these imagery, particularly that of a running of the race. You can look out, and there's other scriptures in, the, in Paul's letters where he talks about running, about finishing, about moving. The idea of moving, of transitioning, of no longer staying in one place, but moving from one place to another. Because his life is a journey. All of us are on a journey. And to, to fulfill, to walk in the call of God, we're on a journey. We as a group... We as a tribe, as a family, as the body here at Liberty Church are on a journey. <clears throat> now at the end of last year, I shared with you the thought about the journey and talked a little bit about it. 
You know, and really, in many ways, as I've been thinking about this whole idea of journey, I've been thinking about Abraham, or Abraham as he was first originally called. The Lord said to Abraham, go from your country to the land I will show you. You know, I think sometimes when we look at these scriptures, we see that Abraham was called away from a place of familiarity. We think of him being called out and going and moving on. And that's true, and it? And it's very important. But what we really need to understand is what's more important is the call of God wasn't about leaving. It was about going. It was about going. Going to the place that God had prepared for him. You see, life is about growth and movement. And I believe being a Jesus follower, there's even a greater call on us than simply just doing our life. We are called to partner with heaven in a divine call that when we become believers, you see, becoming a believer is not just about getting saved. Sure, I made it, I'm not going to get burnt, and I'll just wait now until Jesus comes back. No, we've been given this magnificent call to co-partner with God in relationship to bring the kingdom of God onto this planet. We've been called to be priests and kings to partner with them, to see the establishment of the realm of God here on earth. We need to understand that being sedentary and comfortable and just floating along is not part of who you're meant to be. God is calling you to greater things, amazing things, astounding things, scary things. I mean, the number of you that are sitting here, that who would have ever thought 20 years ago you'd lay hands on the sick and they would be healed? I didn't. didn't tell you that. At best, they got a maybe kind of hope God's listening kind of, have I been good this week enough reading my Bible that you might heal that person that I'm touching? I never really expected it. But now, because of the word of God, now because we've taken risks, now we step out and we speak with authority and power. And see people healed. Already this year we've had, I don't know, well over a dozen people healed in our services and and in our as our ministry teams have gone out. Because we have the confidence, because we've skipped across the chicken line we've taken and we've said our call and our destiny is something great, because we're the sons and daughters of God. You see, we've been called to make an impact for eternity. It's not just about now, it's for eternity. Early last year, and I want to remind you of this, I was with an Australian prophet and he called at a meeting and he called me out and he said, the scripture you've heard, is, you know, is where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Just a reminder, he didn't know who I was at the time. We hadn't spoken when he called me out. He said that was a scripture and of course it's our scripture being liberty. It's the one we always have on our letterheads and everything. He said, so where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But he went on to say in the, in the next season... He said, I believe that the Lord would say to you, where liberty is, there is the Spirit of the Lord. In other words, it's not about location. It's about what we carry as a people. The very centre of who we are and what we're about is simply God is with us. And I spoke about that at the end of last year. God is for us, God is in us, and God is with us. So there's this whole idea of moving. Not moving away from from where we've been. The focus is moving to where we're going. Hebrews 11 again with Abraham. God called Abraham to go away to a place which he would have, 
would have as his own. Because Abraham believed God, he obeyed him. He even went, though he did not know where he was to go. Because he believed God, he lived like a stranger in the land God had promised him. He lived in tents with Isaac and Jacob. They had the same promise he had. Abraham was looking for a city which would last forever. It was a city God planned and made. You know what? God's not actually interested in you making the destination as much as he is you making the journey. Because you see, it's in the journey that we grow. It's in the journey that we grow. Because in the journey, there's a thing called process. John 15 you know, tells us that we're to, to bear fruit. In fact, it says we're to bear fruit, more fruit, and much fruit. And each one of us has been called to do that. But you know, to get, bear fruit, you start with a seed. And from a seed to getting fruit, there's a process. Life is a process. It's a transitional process. And you can try to ignore that. You try to act if it's not there. But the reality is that it's a fact of life. And one of the things that separate from people from those who just wander through life and those who make an impact are actually the thing that those who make an impact thrive in process. You know, if I was to come and talk to all of you now and go around and we interviewed every single one of you, it doesn't matter whether you're 12 years old or 95 years old, you're in process. In fact, I preached a sermon recently on Ecclesiastes 12.1, which says, remember the God of your youth. And my definition of youth is if you've got a plan tomorrow, you're still young. Yes. See, it's really how well you do in that process. It's whether you thrive in the process. That's what matters. And not just for you, but for those around you. Doing the process well. You know, in fact, as I, I read scripture and I study men and women of God throughout history, one of the things that you see is, is that they succeeded and they thrived in their process. I mean, let me give you a couple of examples from scripture. David. I mean, remember David. David's called to be king. Not just any king, but the king of, of God, the king of God's nation. To declare, to, to, um, declare God's favour on the planet. But you know, there was a process attached to him becoming that king. And here's the process. Shepherd, anointed as king. Shepherd, serving the king. Hero, outcast, king of Judah, king of Israel, fugitive fleeing from his son. Joseph, again, another great man of God, had a process. Favoured son, dreamer, rejected, enslaved, prisoner, prominence, family saviour. See, they all are in process. And what impresses me about these people is not that they were in process or not, but how they dealt with process. You see, for most of David's life, as you look at what he was walking through, in the process he was thriving. I mean, there were some things he struggled in, there's no doubt about that. There was a wrestling match for him to get there, but generally he got there. I mean, if you read Psalms, Psalms are really David's journey of, of process. At the beginning of a chapter, you find him struggling. By the end of the chapter, he's thriving. Whether it's in a field by himself and a line attacks him, 
whether he's a serving a king who is crazy and wants to kill him, whether he's in a cave with a whole bunch of other crazy people, or whether he's in the castle, or even if he's in, back in the wilderness and his own son's trying to kill him. Wherever you find him, except in those areas of extreme disobedience and sin, you'll always find David thriving. Same with Joseph. You can walk through his life and see the same thing. You know, sometimes I think we, we think the Christian life, we get a little bit idealistic about the Christian life. I mean, we sort of, that's our idea of the Christian life, isn't it? But the reality is, that's our Christian life. You know? A little bit different than what we planned. Uh, I mean, there's a scripture that we Christians just love. I mean, we've got it on our bags and our bumper stickers and our bookmarks and probably, you know, on our tattoos or whatever. The whole kit and caboodle, we just love this scripture. And it's this. You can probably all quote, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. And it is. It's a wonderful verse. I mean, I love it. I've drawn strength from it. But you know what? We forget the surrounding verses, which is this. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. See, Paul knew how to thrive. He understood the power of process. You see, the victory is not simply the destination, it's the process. For he as children of God, there's victory and growth in the journey. And next week I'm going to develop this a little bit more and, and look and talk about enjoying the process and what that means for us. But we're on a journey. We're moving. We're thriving. We're moving. We're moving toward. You see, it's not about where we've been, but 2019 is about where we're going. And the next thing is, you know, we're moving toward together. This is a really a big deal to me. It's not just moving towards something, but it's moving toward together. The whole body is healthy and growing together in love. You know, I actually don't want to make it without you guys. <laughs> I don't even think you can define success if it's not as a team. You know, even all the verses and everything that we take in the New Testament that we read and love, do you realize that virtually all of them are written to a group of people? And, and, and as I said, just in my dream, you know, that it was like that, that it was us together that was able to fulfill. You know, any, anything in terms of the kingdom of God, we've got to do it together. First Corinthians 12 talks about the church, the idea of body 10 times talks about the body the connectedness of each one of us. Do you realize that, that all the promises are virtually in the Virtually all the promises are written to the corporate body of Christ. The Christian deal is not to walk outside of togetherness. You know, Christianity is a team sport. We get to do it together. And this next season we're moving forward and we're moving forward together. And there's some areas that, that I already believe that the Lord's called us into. Well, we, uh, there are areas that the Lord's called us into. And there's going to be a refining of them this coming year. And I talk about, you know, there's, in our prophetic, in our healing, in our, in our compassion, all these areas, in our outreach. I believe that 2019 is going to be a year of refining. 
that there's been things that we've done in the past which have been wonderful, but now we're to step back up. Some of them we've laid down a little bit. You know, I've got to be honest. You know, we've laid down and healing a little bit. We haven't seen as much breakthrough. We need to go after that. You know, we need to go after it. It's not enough to say, oh, we believe in a cancer-free zone. We have to fight for that. We have to fight for that. In our prophetic, I mean, Liberty's known as a prophetic community, you know. Even the cat can prophesy in this place because it's such a great environment. But I want us to learn how to prophesy with great detail because that's what the Lord, so we can encourage and edify. See, it's not about us. It's about giving it away. You know, we want to refine things. We want to learn things. We want to train ourselves. We want to become warriors in the things of God. Not so we can look good, but so we can spend ourselves extending the kingdom of God into this world to everybody around us. And so there's just going to be fresh revelation. I really believe about that. But some of the key areas, I'm getting off topic, some of the key areas about moving together are this, toward God, towards me, towards each other, toward those around us. As I've already said this morning, our primary relationship is the Lord, learning to ever be an increasing connection with him. He is just so good. He is just so good. And just spending ourselves loving on him is a pretty good deal and enjoying him. Then I've got moving toward me. Not me, not Trent. I don't want you all to move towards me. Well, I do, but another, another thing. What I meant by that is understanding who we are in the kingdom of God. Understanding our identity as true sons and daughters. Not just saying, oh, I'm a son of God, but actually understanding it, living out of it, feeding on it. What does it mean to be a son? What does it mean to be a daughter? To God, in the community, living it out, sharing it. Sally shared some of us last, last week, you know, powerful stuff. Understanding that. Positioning ourselves and place a connection between heaven and earth. Toward each other. I've already talked about that. You know, I, I'm so passionate about it. Me, the person who never used to like anybody. <laughs> True. I didn't see anyone from one end of the week to the other. Thank you, Jesus. You love me. And now I'm so passionate about the family. Because I understand. Well, I mean, I just received so much from you guys. And, and, and I, just, you know, I just know how much the family, what it can do. Towards those around us, we want to share God's love to everybody. That's what it's all about. Being a source of life. When I was quite young, one of my brothers gave me a sticker which says, everybody brings, me, brings us joy. Some as they go, some as they, uh, some as they come, some as they go. Wasn't too sure what he meant by that, giving it to me. But the thing is, you know, the reality is for a lot in the world, it's more joyous for the Christians to go than come because their message has been so about punishment and about shame and about guilt. And it's time that we took the love of Christ for God so loved the world and let people know how much God loves them. And we're going to be talking more about that later in the year as well. So moving toward together, how are we going to do that? Through greater connection. Developing the way we engage with God, the way we engage with one another, and those that we encounter on our life journey as we share in the wonder and glory of being a community of God together. Growing as disciples and followers of Jesus. Helping people to become at every stage of our lives and our activities more effective disciples and followers of Jesus. How do we do life together? How do we do life, just everyday life, normal life, 
in relationships, husbands and wives, families, children. How do we process this? What does it look like to be a disciple of Jesus in, in our work and, and in all the things that go on? You know, it's far more than just reading your Bible regularly and coming to church and tithing. Although those are all good ideas. There's a call of the very idea of being a disciple is transformational and empowering. Then a building that serves our vision and mission and one with little or no debt. And we're talking about that enough and we're going to talk about it more. Re-imaging our, our church for the kingdom. You know, to do these things, we, we aim to be a body of believers that change lives through the transforming power of God the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, and by building a community that is generous. The way we give of ourselves, you know, I've said again and again, we want to, we've been... Really, and I say that God spoke to us, but it's really every, every believer should be like this. We just want to give away everything we have. We want to learn how to practice hospitality. We want to be a giving church. We want to be a sending church, a resourcing church in, in every way we can. Secondly, we want to be courageous. And I've already slightly mentioned this. It takes risk. You don't, you know, if your Christianity is safe and you're happy and you're pleasant, then I would actually challenge you to say you know, that you're actually missing the boat. Because I don't know if you've read the New Testament, but it is not a safe book. Okay? I think I've shared the story with you before. When John Wimber started praying for the sick, and one of his older people in his church came to him and said to him, Pastor John, I'm a bit worried about what's going on in the church. You know, we might get into excess. And John Wimber held up the Bible and he said, we will never go beyond this. And the gentleman said, oh, thank goodness, and turned away. And as John said, has he ever read that thing? (laughs) Because that's the reality. It's a dangerous book. It should have a caution. Beware. Reader will be transformed if believes this word. It's true. Honesty. We just need to be honest with each other. We just need to learn to speak in love to one another, to encourage one another, to bless one another. You know our catch call. Let's find the gold in one another. Let's make the dedication to look around and say, how can I bring my strength so this person benefits and this person benefits and this person benefits? How can I add my... You know, you don't have to be a, a preacher. You don't have to be... You know. All you have to do is just say to a person, been thinking about you, how are you doing? You doing okay? And genuinely mean it. Not kind of, how are you, how are you doing? Oh, hang on a minute. What? You were feeling like suicide? Oh, sorry. Oh, I'll, come back. I'll get back to you. No, 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 no. Genuinely engaging eye to eye. Even, you could even put your phone in your bag. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> But you know what I'm saying? Actually engage. That's all you need to do. If you, if, you know, look, if you notice someone's not at liberty one Sunday morning and they're normally here, give them a ring. How are you doing? The worst they can say is, I don't want to talk to you and hang up. Trust me, no broken bones will be involved in that exercise. Okay? Take a risk. Take a risk. Be committed to each other. Championing the success of others. 
that we can release the destiny. You have a key. Do you know, in many ways, you actually have a key to unlock the, the destiny and success of those around you. Because if you tell them they be, you believe in them, they will push in further. You know that? If someone encourages someone, they will have another go. They'll go further. So you have a key to releasing the destiny of other people in this room, in your family, in your community, in your, in your business. It doesn't have to be reduced to Christians. You know the most greatest way you want to do evangelism? Actually be interested in your workmates. Not judging them, being interested in them. So when they're going through something difficult, you bleed for them. You think about them. You support them. That'll bring transformation. I promise you. Honesty. So what do I do? I believe that we're stepping into Liberty 2.0. We've been on a great journey. We really have. We've seen so much. We've done so much. And I am so thankful for our journey. I've loved it so far. But you know what? I know there's more to come. Because I know we serve a boundless God. We're a kingdom people and we know that the kingdom is an ever-increasing kingdom. And it's really like I feel like we're standing at the edge of a vast field and we have an invitation to come and run in that field. And the field is a kingdom. How much we experience the kingdom is determined by how far we're going to run into it and take hold of the treasures and the blessings that are there. Some of them are hidden. Remember, God hides things for us, not from us. Because in the searching, again, this is a journeying thing, in the searching for them, we grow. We, we get closer to him. So 2019, here is it from the horse's mouth. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> I promise you. It's going to be a year of positioning, empowering, and setting them in place. This is a year of delivery. And this is an invitation to come on our journey. Things that we've contended for, things that we've gone after for, I believe that this year we're going to step into them. I really do. This is the year of delivery. And what I want us to do now is I want to invite you to stand. We're going to, we're going to make some declarations. So you want to stand. I'll read them through. We'll go through them and then we say them. If you'd like to join me in them. If you don't want to join in them, then sure. <laughs> Let me read them out once because there's a few pages and then we'll go through them, eh? If you agree with them. We declare 2019 as a year of dreams being ignited and reignited with the passion and purpose of God. We declare 2019 a year of unprecedented opportunity. Doors wide open, treasure chests unlocked, fresh divine adventures waiting for us. Oops, sorry. Just go back one. We declare 2019 a year of unparalleled increase. Increased revelation, increased community, increased prosperity, increased God encounters. We declare 2019 a year of unequaled redemption. What has been lost will be recovered. What has been stolen will be restored with interest. What has been abandoned will be reclaimed. We declare that 2019, our past failures and wasted opportunities will become stepping stones into new levels, unexplained, unexplored territories and incomparable victories. We declare that we're going, we are letting go of what was, Embracing what now is and reaching with anticipation and expectation for what will be. We declare an increase of his favour, his commanded blessing and an outpouring of outrageous hope. I declare 2019 a year of delivery. So if you believe you can make that or would like to make that with me, that would be awesome. When I get back to the front, we'll go. 
Are ready? Let's go. We declare 2019 a year of dreams being ignited and reignited with the passion and purpose of God. We declare 2019 a year of unprecedented opportunity. Doors wide open, treasure chests unlocked, fresh divine adventures awaiting us. We declare 2019 a year of unparalleled increase. Increase revelation, increase community, increase prosperity, increase God encounters. We declare 2019 a year of unequaled redemption. What has been lost will be recovered. What has been stolen will be restored with interest. What has been abandoned will be reclaimed. We declare 2019 a year of unequaled redemption. What has been lost... Oh, hang on, just been there. <laughs> Let's go this one. We declare that 2019, our past failures and wasted opportunities will become stepping stones into new levels, unexplored territories and incomparable victories. We declare that we are letting go of what was, embracing what now is and reaching with anticipation and expectation for what will be. I declare an increase of his favour, his commanded blessing, and an outpouring of outrageous hope. I declare 2019 will be a year of delivery. Come on. That's cool. Yeah, Father, we do declare that. We thank you, Father. We don't just pick those into the empty air. We declare them as faith-filled believers. We prophesy these things over this year. Father, we thank you for the power of the word of declaration. We thank you that you are a God that is on our side, that you are with us, that you do want us to prosper. You do want us to succeed as we extend the kingdom. And we thank you for that confidence. And so, Father, we pray for just increase. We thank you that this is a year of delivery and that we're going to see great increase in this year to the glory of Jesus. Amen.